Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The rice is done. We're almost Don't ready. Touch me. We're almost ready. You don't ready. respect me. And you're drunk. Oh my God, I'm scared of you. Whoa. Low-class drunk man. Whoa. How respectful. What the? You are so respectful, aren't you? Yes, I am. She's always calling low-class. Like, what is this low-class stuff? Like, I don't understand it. <sighs> she thinks, like, everything is so bad around here. Oh, I'm so low-class. It just don't get Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, 90 Day Fiance Edition. This episode was a bit of a slog. I just found myself very frustrated by basically everybody. Brandon and Julia especially. We'll get to them last. Who should we get to first? I think um, Andrew and Amira. Let's, let's do that. So we're now at 48 hours since Amira has been detained. Andrew's treating himself to a hamburger, just living it up in that cafeteria. I mean, we're obviously, I mean, obviously we're in COVID time because of this whole situation, but to see him just like navigating and and sullenly traipsing around this resort that nobody's in, like he's fucking I am legend. It really kills me. And I feel like Andrew deserves nothing good in this world because of what he put Amira through. My sweet little French baguette how dare he he gets back to the hotel room and he's like oh my god i see that amira's online it must be on like whatsapp or something so he messages her and she writes back it's like hey baby i'm on the plane to amsterdam i don't really have much of an internet connection he writes back and is like oh my gosh i'm just glad you're safe you know blah 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 he doesn't ask her any questions he doesn't say like I'm sorry, let me know what's going on, when are you landing, nothing, just like, okay, all right, well, cool. Um, it, <laughs> it is wild. She says that, like, she never made it outside of the airport. They detained her immediately. She, they took her phone immediately, this whole thing. He's like, I'm around if you want to talk. <laughs> Like, no, that's what you say if you're uh, not at all related to the situation. Not if you were the one who was directly responsible for putting Amira in this situation. Not like, hey, just hit me up. If you <laughs> if you have anything that you want to get off your chest, like, uh, I don't know, how fucking dare you emotionally manipulate me into doing this situation and then I had to sit in a cell for two days? No? Nothing? I mean... This is infuriating. I can't, I cannot believe this man. I cannot believe him. That's the end of what we see of Andrew. We're, then they go to Amsterdam. Amira's in a hotel room. She, uh, is like in the bathroom. So they're clearly like, uh, interviewing her via some sort of webcam system. And then she's answering the questions, you know, like you would normally, she starts crying immediately and I was like, I'm so sorry. As soon as camera's up, she's clearly very upset and shook from what happened. The producer asked her what happened. Finally, somebody's asking her what exactly the details are of her detainment. <laughs> and 
she was like nobody told me anything they didn't give me any answer for why i was being detained she's like at this point i've only spoken to andrew like the conversation that we saw on TV was the conversation that she had with him. He has not checked on her since. She didn't ask when she was landing. He didn't ask if she was safe. Nothing. She has not heard from him since that one conversation. She says, first of all, I never wanted to go to Mexico. Andrew was pushing me and saying, being manipulative and saying, I do all these things for you. You don't show up for me in a relationship. And, and, you know, uh, one second he's telling her that she's free to do whatever she wants. But on the other hand, he says, like, if you don't come, I'm going to resent you forever. It's crazy. They asked her how the detention center was. And she was like, you know, it was like a big room, like a prison. Everything was bolted down. The chairs, the tables, the beds. I felt like I was in a TV show but it was like so surreal I couldn't believe that I was actually living this life she couldn't take a shower for three days so there were toilets but no toilet paper the food was cold the room was cold there was nothing in there for them to do and it was humiliating she's like nobody deserves to go through something so inhumane there was no dignity in the situation that I was just put in she's like at this point, like, you can tell. She's just, like, exhausted. Mentally, physically, emotionally. She's like, I I just need to rest. And I need to take time for myself. And I need, basically, like, I want to take a little bit of a break from my relationship. But I don't think Andrew will understand that. Like, she's already setting herself up for being like, <laughs> what is wrong with this dude? He's a monster. And I know, I know that I must have been slipped some sort of LSD or something because I know I did not see in the preview that Andrew suggested once again that they try to get her to another country to get her to enter in America. I know he didn't say that. There's no way. There's no... Sir sir oh i'm heated i'm heated i hate this man <laughs> i really do <laughs> we didn't even get stephanie as a palate cleanser that's a real shame but it looks like we're gonna get her next week and i'm very excited she's finally gonna be in belize with ryan it's gonna be a hot hot mess i can't wait so anyway let's move to Tariq, Tarek, and hazel not much of them this week basically it's march 2020 So they're already masked up, but they go and eat at this restaurant that's like, you know, right around the beach. People can roller skate. Like, it looks a lot like Venice Beach, but in Virginia. Right next to the beach, a lot of foot traffic. Hazel's catching all of the cuties in the swimsuits. Like, some kind of, like, 80s hair metal movie. It's like everywhere she looks, it's just like babes, babes, babes in bikinis. Bodacious bodies. There's a lot of flat asses, I'm not going to lie. But she seemed to be into it. And you know what? If she likes it, I love it. So she's excited to check out all the ladies. She's excited to finally be free and be the beautiful bisexual butterfly that she is. And I can't wait for her journey. I really like Hazel. I think that Hazel's really smart. I think that very obviously Tariq has a fetish for Asian women and I would like to dig more into that but I think typically when men have fetishes for Asian women it's because they feel like Asian women are more submissive and there's like a lack of intelligence that's tied to that assumed. Hazel's a smart girl and I think she's going to outgrow this relationship. She's absolutely going to outgrow Tariq. 100% and I think he does not see it coming she absolutely does I don't think they're just not on each other's level but not in the way that Tariq thinks (laughs) not at all so he says you know there are all types of women in Virginia Beach you know Latin women you know anything that you want white black whatever but you know there are also Thai women around here and you know that's my thing. 
<sighs> First of all, pardon? Secondly, why would you say that? Thirdly, why would you say that to your fiance? Fourth, why would you say that to your fiance who's not even Thai? <laughs> She's not even from Thailand. So why would you say that Thai girls are your thing? You're engaged. And I know that you guys are trying to invite a third, but like, we... Mm, mm. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. So this brings up bad memories of Minty. We all know about Minty and how they tried to introduce her into the relationship. Things didn't work out. He was pretty vague about why that is. He basically said that, like, it was just that Hazel was jealous. But then we find out more about it. Hazel says that things were going fine. And, but because Minty is Thai and because Tarek speaks Thai, they basically shut her out. So it wasn't like she was jealous. It was that they weren't paying attention to her and they were speaking in Thai in front of her and not including her because she doesn't speak Thai. So yeah, I would feel pretty jealous too if you guys were literally ignoring me and I could not communicate with you guys. So part two of that is the fact that Hazel had gone through Tarek's phone and found the messages that he meant to tell her but hadn't told her. That he reached out to Minty. So she confronts him about it. And he's like, actually, I really don't mind that you look through my phone. But I am concerned about why you think you would have to do that. Like, real mental gymnastics to get there. Um, look within, Tarek. Are you looking at yourself as to why she felt like she had to do that? Or are you looking at her? Let's think about that. So he was like, well... You know, I just wanted to reach out to her because the coronavirus had hit right in her town and I was just concerned and like making sure, checking in to see if she's okay. She's like, okay, I think you just used that as a reason to reach out to her and I'm seeing right through you, basically. She said she really doesn't care if he talks to her, but she would have preferred that he at least communicate with that first, with her, communicate with her on that first. And I agree. I totally agree. And I think she, not that it's her responsibility, but she should at least explain to him what it is that she was upset about because that's really going to be something that he's going to have to watch and monitor. Mm. Shout out to Hazel. Let's move on to our next couple. All right, let's move on to the flops <laughs> of the season. Rebecca and Zied. Ugh, I can't. I can't. And I don't want to. Finally, they're back at the apartment. They were able to drop off Tiffany and Micah. Obviously, Ziad is exhausted, both because of the interview that he had to have at that Buffalo Wild Wings of a restaurant. And also, he traveled from Tunisia to Georgia <laughs> that day. Are we all forgetting this? I feel like somebody tweeted the other day. I think it was maybe Chrissy Teigen. Like, why are we forcing these people who just hopped on a flight to do all of these activities. Like, have you guys ever heard of jet lag? <laughs> like, let's be real here. Anyway, Rebecca needs to work on her self-esteem. Like, it's hard to watch. There's nothing more, um, ooh, what's the word for me? Endearing, captivating than a woman who has low self-esteem. But you have to have it in the right way on these shows. And Rebecca's failing. <laughs> I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. She is showing him around the apartment. And we all know it was empty. There's nothing in there. The bed was on the floor. There's a lone shopping cart. The couch isn't there. We get it. You just moved in. You can't bring the stuff in. It's fine. You don't have to like point to every corner of the apartment and apologize. We don't need that. She also keeps speaking to Z Zied in a very, like, caveman-type speech. Like, bed not here. Bed in another building. Not have truck. I noticed people were upset with Rebecca online about the way that she speaks to him. And she did respond. For anyone who was curious, she was pretty defensive. And she was like, listen, I've known this guy for three years. I know how to communicate. I know how to speak to him the way that he understands. Anyway, he keeps saying, you know, I'm not worried. I love it. Like, he clearly gets what she's saying. He's trying to ease her mind by saying, it's fine. Like, don't worry about it. I'm fine. I'm also 
fucking tired. But I love the apartment. <laughs> and now this turns her into even more of a tailspin. And she's like, he's just not acting the way he's used to. And, you know, I I just don't know, like, what if this was a mistake? And he was just supposed to move here and everything was supposed to be great. And we were supposed to move on with our lives. Rebecca's also really worried about her ex. And I feel like it has been made abundantly clear to everyone, that Ziad does not want to talk about the ex. I don't know why she feels like this is some big secret that she used to live in this apartment complex with her ex-husband. Like, can anybody explain this to me? I don't get it. This apartment complex can't possibly be so tight-knit that somebody's going to tell Ziad. And frankly, I feel like nobody needed to know. She didn't even need to tell production. I feel like if production found out six months after the fact... They would have been like, oh, okay, because it would have been such a non-factor because nobody in their right mind would care that you lived in the same proximity that you did to your ex. A lot of people live in the same apartments or homes as exes, just one right after the other and after the other. That's really not that weird. They're trying so hard to make a storyline out of this couple and I just, I can't. I don't care. I do not care. The next day... Our little hot honey cutie, it has to go back to work, you know? The chicken's not going to fry itself. The waffles aren't going to make themselves. And so she's got to go straight away to work. This leaving Zied his first day all by himself. Of course, what does he do? Calls his mom. So he shows her around the apartment. She's like, this looks a little outdated. And he's like, no, no, no. This is actually really expensive and nice for America. We They do it a little differently over here. They're both shocked at the size of the gallon jug of milk. They're like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> um, so then he sits down um, on the cement floor to tell her about meeting Tiffany and Micah and basically how uncomfortable they made him because they are so skeptical of him and so worried about him acting the same way as her ex-husband. And her mom, his mom is like... First of all, rude. Secondly, I don't like the way that you're, they're lumping you two together because he was from Morocco and we're Tunisian. So first of all, let's not do that. It gets, you know, pretty emotional. And Ziad says, in the Arab world, our families are very close with one another. This is the first time I've ever had to talk to my mom on like a video chat. And I'm realizing how much I miss her. And how far away we are from each other. That's basically the end. We see Rebecca comes back. I think the scene really highlighted where these two people are at in terms of their relationship. Because let's remember, Rebecca's what, 47? He's 27 or she's 49 or something. She comes home with two plush toys that look kind of like her and Zied and he gives her a bracelet a nice bracelet silver bracelet with a charm on it she really treats him like a child like okay I I went to the to the GameStop to get you a, a PS4 and now I'm coming home with stuffed animals for you or stuffed toys for you like what is he gonna do with that imagine having to stop home from work after a long day of frying chicken to buy some plush toys for your fiance couldn't be me no thank you it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync Things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. He is basically like, um, I'm thinking that maybe at the end of summer we can go back to Tunisia, (laughs) which would be like six months from when they're talking. She's like, oh, I don't think you're going to be able to do that. I think you're still going to be at the point where if you leave the country, you're not going to be able to come back. I think you're probably looking at like a year before you can go back to Tunisia. And Rebecca's like, yeah, I kind of can't believe that it's only his first day and he's already trying to make plans to go back. And it's like, well, what did you expect? You didn't even set this man up with his PlayStation. He didn't even have a Game Boy. Poor thing. All he had was his milk and a dream. Poor guy. Let's move on to hmm, Yara and Jovi. Yara's been in America for three weeks at this point, And that is two weeks of Jovi time. One week of him being in Guyana, I think he is. She confronted him because last week we saw her go get her nails done with his friend, Sarah, who basically (laughs) told all his business and was like, he's a hoe. He likes strippers. He had a stripper pee in his bed. He parties too much. Um, Also, welcome to America. Congrats on the engagement, girl. Congrats. (laughs) So... So Yara confronted him and he was like, no, that's just my past. Like, you know, I don't do that anymore. And it's like, yeah, you probably don't have strippers in your bed anymore, but there's still a whole host of other things that you could be doing and are doing. So let's think about that, Jovi. Anyway, Yara later then meets up with Jovi's mom and her, his aunt. (laughs) Tense. Yara's like, listen, I'll meet up with anybody at any time because all I'm doing at this point is filming scenes of myself walking down the French Quarter, lonely, with my YSL bag over my shoulder. So, yeah, I'll film with anybody at this point. Like, no problem. And producers ask, like, are you worried about impressing his aunt or anything? Because this is the first time that they met. And she's like, no. No. If somebody doesn't like me, then that's their problem. Because I'm great. I'm a sweetheart. Okay? So, no, I don't worry about that. (laughs) I love her. I just love her. She has all of the charm. The charm is her own. But she has the energy of, um, oh my gosh, who was that girl? George. And she has the energy of Anfisa, but it's just bubbling under the surface. Like, we're not at, like, give me my red makeup bag, you know? (laughs) We're, We're not quite there yet. We're not quite at her, like busting Jovi across the head while he's driving down the highway, but like we could get there. And that's an exciting place to be. Maybe not for all of us, but certainly for me. So they ask his aunt how they feel. And she's like, you know what? I'm a little bit concerned that she's a foreign girl, but actually Jovi does travel quite a bit. So I'm not really, you know, it's not really that weird that he would be with a foreigner. And his mom's like, well, <laughs> really wanted him with a girl from the bayou. That's, that's okay. It's not at all what I wanted or dreamed for for my son, but that's fine. I, I like Yara and I'll take her to several coffee places and just interview her and, and side eye and say, hmm, after she says everything. And, and also going to try and get this wedding popped off. I don't really understand Jovi's mom at all because mostly it seems like she doesn't like Yara at all 
and is very skeptical of her intentions. But on the other hand, she's really forcing the issue of having a big wedding where all the family can come because this is Cajun tradition. And Jovi, is Jovi the only child in this situation? Is that why she's pushing it so hard? I don't get it. But Yara is, again, standing firm. She's like, I already told you hoes. Sorry. I already told you guys (laughs) that I did not want to have a big wedding because I know that my family can't be there and it's not fair to them. I'm not going to have a big wedding with all you swamp people if I can't have some sophisticated Ukrainian people as well. And since that can't happen, we're going to Vegas. We're getting eloped. Thank you so much. Jovi's mom is still very adamant. So she has to do, Yara has to do what we all have to do when somebody won't shut the fuck up because you've already told them. I'll think about it. I will think about it. Also, one interesting thing that I've never heard, and maybe I missed it, but I feel like we've had, you know, I'm a 90-day scholar, and we've had a lot of experience with Ukrainian people. So I was surprised to find, and first time that it was explained to us, that Yara wears her ring, her engagement ring, on her right hand, because she says in Ukraine, when you wear it on the left hand, it's, uh, because you're widowed. Had we heard that before? I don't remember that at all. So then we find out that Yara was engaged before. Not only was she engaged before, she was engaged within a few months of dating Jovi, which is a huge red flag for Jovi's mom and the aunt now. She is not happy. (laughs) Jovi's mom did this thing like you could tell her she just left her body and there was another leaving our body situation that happens later. But Jovi's mom in this moment is like, huh? So you were engaged four months before dating my son. I wonder if Jovi knows that. Hmm. I'm going to ask him. And I have a feeling Jovi does know that. And I don't think Jovi cares. Jovi does not seem like the kind of guy who cares about anything at all frankly (laughs) so I don't know why all of a sudden I don't see Jovi caring about this we haven't really noticed him being jealous from what I can remember so I I honestly don't think he'll care then they did this ADR which if you guys don't know it's like a voiceover sometimes when you'll watch a show and they won't show the person talking like they won't show a tight up on their face a close-up on their face it's usually because they had to re-record something things don't line up and so on tv you'll see like the other person listening or some scenery or whatever but this was very clearly like fake what did she say she said um Without knowing Yara, I know that Ukrainian women love to come to America. So we, meaning Jovi and I, Jovi's mother and himself, are going to have to talk about this. Mm, I didn't like that. More footage of her walking around. (laughs) She's saying, you know, I'm feeling so lonely and I'm trying to work out, but I haven't been able to do it in the past few days because I've just been nauseous and I haven't been feeling well and I've just been sick all day. So she FaceTimes her friend and is talking about how, you know, it's lonely and also that she hasn't been feeling well. And she tells her friend her symptoms and her friend was like, well, those things don't usually happen for no reason. So sounds like you need to get a pregnancy test, girl. Sorry. (laughs) Yara's like, but I can't be pregnant now because I don't want to be. And also I haven't been throwing up. Girl, sweetie, that's not how it works, girl. (laughs) But okay. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that that was really it with them. I think that was it. So let's move on to, we're going through this very quickly. Let's move on to Mike and Natalie before we get to ugh, Brandon and Julia. So Natalie at this point has been in the U.S. for a month. They still have not talked about the fight when he was leaving Ukraine and she threw the engagement ring back in his luggage. So... Rather than have a healthy, mature conversation, Natalie is fucking spiraling. And every good ounce of goodwill that I've given Natalie 
by saying how much I dislike Mike has was evaporated in a moment because <laughs> Natalie is on a tear that the likes of which we've never seen before. So rather than talk about why she hasn't gotten the ring back, she decides to just look for it. Like, I'm just going to go and turn over every, <laughs> every piece of clothing, every piece of furniture. I'm going to scour this whole home, this cold home for the ring. I want to see where it is. So she ends up looking everywhere. Um, she's rummaging through all his drawers. She's knocking over a picture of Jesus and a cross. <laughs> she is Finally, she finds a safe. Well, she's like, well, it must be in there. I can't find the key. So I just assume it's in there. And then she says, I feel really insecure in this relationship because I don't have the ring. Uh, yeah, honey. <laughs> if it wasn't loud and clear before, it definitely is after we just watch you dig through this man's panties for the box. <laughs> so he gets home. He's tired. It must be the end of the week. <laughs> she doesn't even make eye contact with him. And he goes, oh, <laughs> hey, I'm home. She's like, hi, I'm home. I had a really bad day. <laughs> it's like, no, it wasn't a bad day. It was just a long day. I'm fine. So they're trying to figure out what to eat. She's like, oh, you know, we're still on no meat. And by the way, you guys, no, it doesn't matter. Never mind. Um, she, they're going to make something with shrimp. So she's like a pescatarian, right? They're going to make something with shrimp. And he's like, oh, cool. We can make pasta with it. She's like, no pasta. You make rice? Can we do rice? Okay. So he's like, yeah. Do rice. Maybe I'll do like a like a stir fry or something like that. Oh, no fried food. No, no. She doesn't understand yet again. Much like the ginger beer or the root beer that they had at the restaurant, which she had drank half of, and then was like, "This is alcohol, Mike. You are tricking me." And then and then pouted. <laughs> she now thinks that the stir fry or the fried rice is actually going to be something that is fried, and he's trying to explain to her like, "No, it's just." That's just the name for it. It's not actually like not going to be deep frying anything. And she's like, oh, um, <laughs> well, no, basically. He's like, no, he's like, okay, I'll end up making the rice with water. I'll just steam it. She hugs him. And then he grabs a beer out of the refrigerator. And she's like, no drink today. And he's like, no, I am going to have a beer. She starts talking about how she wants him to lose weight and she's now annoyed because he doesn't want it and basically he won't listen to her which she takes as a sign of disrespect and this is like skinny people behavior if I've ever seen it like they want you to lose weight so they think that the best way for you to go about it is to dictate what somebody eats be very critical and basically just like I'm gonna bully you into losing weight because that's gonna work right like, it, it's going to work when Natalie says, um, I'll have a beer with you when you lose 10 kilos. Yeah. That's something that everybody wants to hear. <laughs> um, then he is like, well, I'll have a beer with you when you gain 10 kilos. How about that? And I'm like, yes, Mike. Give her, give it back. Give it right back. Um, then she tells him, you know, I looked for the ring today and she's like, he's like, oh, okay. Did you find it? She's like, oh, well, it's in the safe. He's like, no, it's not. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> she's like, well, maybe you sold it then. He's like, well, I got to pay the pills somehow. So he's just like over it. And now he's being petty. And honestly, I can't blame him. And I can't say that I wouldn't do the same thing. Like, oh, we're going to play this game. Okay. I'm going to sit here on this empty stomach and drink his beer. And I'm going to give it right back to you, girl. Let's go. Then he says, what were you even looking for the ring for anyway? You didn't want it. <laughs> Work, bitch. I love it. This is my favorite moment with Mike because she's really like, she's pushing things way too far. Once we get to the fat shaming and the body shaming, like, come on, the man just got home. We don't need to, we don't need to do that. We don't need to do the Susan Powder shit. No. Natalie is the Jillian Michaels of... <laughs> <laughs> 90 day fiance and I don't appreciate it I really really don't 
So then, if that wasn't bad enough, then she goes, um, what's your IQ? Did you test for it in school? Because mine was 110, so, like, what's yours? He's like, oh, I've, I've never taken the test. He's like, really? You didn't take that in school? Mm. Have you ever been to a museum? And he's like, well, I went to the Louvre with you. She's like, yeah, but I took you there. So basically now saying that he is stupid. And then, <laughs> like, we're in, what, the second circle of hell. She decides to just, like, crank that shit down to number six and say, call him low class. <laughs> and she's like, you're really different from when I met you. And now I'm, like, living this low class life. And then she says, <laughs> not believe this bitch he gets up and just stands next to her and she's like oh i'm scared of you you're a low-class drunk man <laughs> and michael's like what is going on with you you better explain how you're feeling right now with your high iq okay what class do you fit in if i'm so low class why do you what where are you who are you girl and then natalie blames him for being disrespectful pardon she just dictated his diet told him he needs to lose weight asked him what his iq was and repeatedly called him and his ex for some reason <laughs> why he had to why she had to bring the ex into it i have no idea repeatedly called them low class and then she wants to talk have a conversation about who's being disrespectful i wish you would i will he's like regretting I would just be like, you know what? I'm I'm bringing Bojangles back. If you want to call me low class, well, let's real get low class, okay? Bojangles is coming right back, and we're having pancake day, and we're gonna drink all night with our low class asses. How dare she? That was actually disgusting. The producers asked her, like, do you think that you provoke Mike? And she's like, yes. You know, because I feel insecure, and so I feel like I provoke him. And it's like, okay, well, that's really immature of you. Natalie, like, what the fuck is wrong with this lady? What is wrong? What's wrong with all of us? Let's end it on really who we should be asking what's wrong, Brandon and Julia. Now, before we get into Brandon and Julia, I think it's fair that we talk about the rumors that are swirling about Betty and Ron. Shall we? Let's get into it, ladies. Apparently, you know, one thing is that Betty actually goes by Elizabeth in real life. This is not her name. Okay. We'll start with that softball um, bit of information. Then we'll go on and say, <laughs> um, Betty and Ron are swingers. And that farm that they bought is used for doomsday prepping. Apparently they've been going on swingers cruises for years. And when Brandon was in high school, they would leave him unattended for the week, which is apparently a major source of gossip. Mm -hmm. Shout out to you, um, Tiffany, from a 90 Day Fiance group for giving us that information. Wow, 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 wow. Um, is any of that surprising? I mean, like, I'm saying wow, but it's like, when you hear that information... And you associate it with those people. It's like 100% you guys swing. No wonder you guys are so weird and horny. Like, not to kink shame, but like, <laughs> they are weird and horny. And so it, not every swinger is weird and horny, but these people are weird and horny and it makes sense that they're swingers. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down? <laughs> so there's more information about how they would... They bought the, like I said, bought the farm for doomsday prepping and sustainability. They would have over select friends for their end days parties. Um, Betty was like really, she works in HR apparently. She's really bad at her job. She would spend her day online shopping. <laughs> and there's questions about whether or not the puppies that they raise breed on that farm is like a puppy mill. Apparently it's not, but it's really close to being. They're really skirting the lines on whether or not. Um, another inf bit of information is that they're Q. Which, again, 
Not all cute people look like Betty and Ron, but Betty and Ron look like cute people. <laughs> we'll say that. So let's move on to the episode. I mean, their storyline is just infuriating. Like, I, 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 I have not... Is there a family, a set of parents that we've hated quite like Betty and Ron? Like maybe the family Chantel's parents? That might be it, but these people are a whole different breed. They are a whole different breed and I cannot wait. It's like, I want to see what they do, but I also immediately want to pour bleach in my eyes. Like I cannot watch these people. They're infuriating. They're infuriating. Brandon's parents, thank God, are going out of town. I'm just excited as Julia, frankly. Like, I need a break from those tight curls and the even tighter restrictions that are happening on that house. Julia's jumping on Brandon. They're going over by the horses and they're making out. It's a whole thing. Two hours later, Julia's like, I want to get in the hot tub. So she goes inside, comes back to the doorway, opens that yellow towel and reveals that she's naked. And Brandon is like, oh! I've never seen a man so happy. He does a full cannonball naked into the family hot tub. And I know in that moment that Betty must have gotten a signal. Like all that stiff hair on the back of her neck went up, you know, like as much as it could because they're just weighed down by white rain extra hold. Betty and Ron come back the next day. Where were you guys, Betty and Ron? Were you guys relaxing with your friends? And some other friends. Let us know. Where were you? For one romantic evening, guys. Where were y'all? Brandon tries to make this joke about like, oh, they're back today. Uh-huh. I can't wait till they move out. Huh? And he laughs so hard for like 10 seconds to silence. Nobody thought it was funny, Brandon. You tried so hard and it did not land. Julia is basically like this you know 14 hours of freedom we got was the best time i've been have had since i've been in america i can't wait for us to live together in a real life without your parents (laughs) so betty comes back they walk into brandon and julia walk into the kitchen betty's wiping something down in the corner she's like oh hey guys i just want to um show you something so they walk outside and Betty's like, you know, I, we really don't mind that you enjoy the house. We really don't. But you know the rules, Brandon. And she points to a part of the hot tub. This was the most arbitrary, stupid shit. So we all know hot tubs have covers. And it's usually like a flat top. And there are like these flaps of material that are around the side. It's like a skirt, kind of. So basically, she points to part of the skirt in a section of the hot tub so we're talking you know four sides of a hot tub we're talking half of the skirt on one side of the hot tub was slightly tucked in to instead of laying flat down this is what she's upset about we're talking about eight inches of fabric honey you know the rules you know that the the thing needs to be on tight like it didn't matter it wasn't going to bring in debris leaves or anything like grow up betty grow up so then she lifts up the hot tub and says you know the water's a little cloudy were you guys in here with clothes on and brandon's like no no we weren't and then you could see julia be like i cannot believe i'm sitting here standing here with my fiance and his mother, my future mother-in-law, discussing whether or not I had clothes on in the hot tub. And then De- Betty throws us all for a fucking loop. And come to find out, she wants them to be naked. She prefers them to be naked in the hot tub. And Julia was like me. She's like, ooh, like, turn it around. You don't want me to share a bedroom with Brandon, but you do want me to be naked in your hot tub with your son. Is this what I'm hearing? (laughs) Apparently it was. Apparently it was. So Betty has the answer for this in the, in an interview. She's like, you know, I know it might sound like mixed singles, but signals, but residue from detergent and lotion and stuff matches up the water and the pH and. 
you know, draining the hot tub gets old really fast. And it's like, oh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. So then Betty tries to get smart with Julia rather than just saying the answer. Like she had that perfectly polite answer for production. But her response to Julia in that moment was, well, we don't really use the hot tub for entertainment. It's more for therapy. And Brandon and Julia both laugh in her face because she deserved it. <laughs> she deserved it, girl. Like you're LeBron James. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details of course betty has to ruin my whole fucking life by saying do you know what else that you guys both shouldn't be do you know what else you guys shouldn't be doing in the hot tub you know what that is right we don't need to talk about it it's like apparently we did betty because you can't help but bringing up sex. Apparently we did. Do you guys know how hard it is to genuinely throw me for a loop? Like, if I, what I just said wasn't enough. Fuck me up, says. She says in an interview. Betty says, I need a second. Hold on. Hold on. This was one of the most vile things I'd ever, the most fucked up things I'd ever in my life. Ooh, okay. Okay. I can do this. I'm, I'm almost 35. I can do this. Okay. Ooh, okay. Betty then says in an interview, I don't know the exact date or time that Brandon lost his virginity, but I do know that there have been way too many times where I've had to drain that hot tub. And every time I'm like, please, Lord, just let me get through this. So basically she's saying that Brandon has come inside the family hot tub so often. And it's so traumatizing for her. And, and she's had to... have to know these things about people okay like I know that I put this on myself but we're a bridge too far having a woman talk about how frequently she has to drain her adult son's semen out of a hot tub (laughs) And then you just want to say with with your whole chest, your bird chest, that y'all use this for therapy and not not entertainment. Well, it sounds like the hot tub is causing you to have to go to therapy, Betty. And me, too. And me, too. And you know how we know it's true? Because Brandon, his face immediately gets red and he's like, no, I I didn't do anything in there. We didn't do anything. We didn't do it. He denied it so quickly. She, <laughs> Betty ends up walking away. Thank God, you guys. Okay. Julia's pissed. And she's like, why do you sit here and agree with your mom instead of just telling her how you feel? Because I know that you feel differently and yet you just sit here and act like you don't. I don't speak up because this is not my mom. It is not my house. But you need to say something, dude. And then she says in an interview, like, I changed my whole life for Brandon. 
and he needs to do the same for me but he can't do that when his mom still looks like at him like he's a boy and that's what worries me julia again another smart girl another smart girl she's clocking it completely like she's now realizing that her possible soon-to-be husband is a pussy basically who can't stand up to his own mother but furthermore she sees how his mom views him and she knows we're never going to get out of this cycle of hell unless he actually breaks this curse basically (laughs) so then oh my god the reign of terror does not end betty and ron are now upset with Brandon because they say that he's basically all but abandoned his responsibilities around the farm. We cut to Brandon who's coming in with tea, coming in the house, coming, excuse me, going into Julia's house, not house, going into Julia's room with a thing of tea and a piece of toast and their baby talking with each other about like, Oh, baby, oh, you want to drink? You don't have to do anything today, baby. You're my princess. You don't have to do anything you don't want to. And he's petting her, and it's like, ugh, yuck. Yucky. <laughs> Ron has had enough of them. And Brandon abandoning his responsibilities. And it's like, we can't do it all on the farm. And as long as Julie's here, she needs to contribute. Okay, fair-ish. Fair-ish. What do you guys think is the fair amount for julia to contribute a lot of me feels like somebody brought this up and i'm sorry for not remembering your name but you said that it's almost certain that betty and ron are co-sponsoring julia meaning you have to have a certain you have to make a certain amount of money to be able to sponsor somebody under a k-1 visa because you have to be able to prove that you can financially care for them should anything happen they're your financial responsibility because they can't work until they get their green cards right and you're also responsible for them 10 years after the fact up to 10 years um brandon's made it very clear that he spent basically all of his savings trying to go through the visa process traveling with her paying for this that and the other for julia so yeah it is very likely almost certain that betty and ron are sponsoring julia brandon can't afford to live out on his own or with julia so they have to live in the house so i'm trying to be reasonable even though i cannot stand these people and say yes julia should be contributing something but on the other hand Julia, I think it's Brandon's responsibility to make sure that he's keeping up on his end of the deal. And I feel like his end of the deal shouldn't be making Julia do things. I just don't. I think that they should have had a conversation about what he could be contributing and what... You guys know what I mean? Like there should have been a conversation about like, okay, we're helping you. So how are you going to help us? And what commitment are you making Brandon? Because it's really not Julia's fault that you're broke at the end of the day. And it's really not her dream to live on this farm. So what are we going to do here? I don't know. I feel like she could do like really basic stuff. Like just go and feed the pigs. Go and feed the pigs. Go feed the horse. Just feed all the animals. Just do like the really easy stuff. They have a farmhand. Let the farmhand do the harder stuff. And Brandon can do stuff in the morning before he goes to work. And they can contribute. I just feel like, sure, Julia should and can be contributing. But very minimally. Because this really isn't her dream. So Ron and Betty sit them down. And they're going in on how Brandon has neglected them and they've ne- he's neglected the farm and Ron's like, I don't even see you in the morning because you're too busy making tea for Julia. <laughs> and then they're like, you know, Julia, we want your help, but we need Brandon to help. And Julia's like, I heard I told you guys, like, I'm not a morning person. I'm more energetic at night. And Betty's like, yeah, but the, the pet's the animals need to be fed on a schedule and they really like to be fed in the morning. And you know, that's really not going to work for us. And it's like, yeah, fair. That is fair. But it's also like, get that stink face out of your face. Okay, Betty. 
And that's why Julia was like, you know what? I'm not waking up for chickens, okay? I'm not waking up for chickens. And I gotta take a break from this conversation. Brandon does the most immature shit of continuously throwing Julia under the bus because he's in trouble and he doesn't know how to be a man and own up to his own mistakes. So Brandon's like, well, you know, I try to work, but, you know, Julia always wants me to come back and cuddle with her. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) So immediately she like half pushes him and is like, don't blame this on me. I'm with you, Julia. And Brandon then tells the truth by saying, Yeah, but whose fault is it? Like, it's just you and my parents are mad. So I'm just like, everybody needs to tell me what to do because no matter what, somebody's mad at me. He then explains his schedule. Basically, like, he'll wake up at 4.30. He'll do what he has to do with the farm. Then he works his normal exterminator job from 8 to 5. And then I guess he has other things to do. So he basically says he works like a 12-hour day. Um, Whatever, dude. Like that, that's the life that you agreed to. And if you're living under your parents' house, you're living under the rules and you're going to have to do things. So then Ron is like, you know what, Brandon, I think that you just need to stay out of Julia's room and you're not allowed to bring her tea in the morning anymore. (laughs) Good fucking grief, these people. Julia's like, I, I need time. I got to walk away from this. So then... She goes back in the house and Ron then tells Brandon, you need to take things seriously. (laughs) So Brandon doesn't say anything. He just walks away. He walks back to his room. So then Julia goes into his room and is like, listen, we got to talk. And Brandon says, you know, I feel like I'm in trouble with everyone. And when you're not here, like I usually get my work done. So again, blaming her. And then he says, you know, we have all the time in the world. We have the rest of our lives to be alone with each other. Julia's like, this is weird. It's weird that we have to live with your parents. It's weird that, like, I don't really get any time with you because you're gone early in the morning. And by the time you get home, you're tired. So we really don't have a relationship right now in, like, a real way. Brandon says... You know, I was really worried that Julie moving Julia in would ruin the family dynamic, and it has. And it's like, yeah, I agree. But your family dynamic needed to be changed because you never speak up for yourself, dude. <laughs> but it's also like you don't have the space to put your foot down when you can't afford to move out. And even if his parents are weird as hell, he's the one that did this to himself and to Julia. He should have said long time ago, like, I can't be bankrolling these trips to france and other countries because it's taking away from our future and i'd rather have a house and i think she would she would have agreed with him i'd rather have a house (laughs) than have to be stuck with these people so then brandon basically begs julia like just give it a couple days and you know try to put on a good face and and do what they ask you to and she's like i'll do it but i'll do it for you So the next day they get up and the family's having coffee. It's clearly very early. Betty can't wait to shade Julia. She shows up like five minutes late and she's like, well, too late. Even Ron is like, oh, do you want to have some coffee? She's like, no, we don't have time for that. Julia doesn't get any tea or coffee this time. Like we really have to go. Shut up. (laughs) She basically pushes Julia (laughs) off the back porch and into the barn It is so weird. (laughs) These people are so weird. Ron takes Brandon aside. They go to a different barn. And. No. He's like. Why. Why didn't Julia wake up earlier? It's like. Because she didn't. Ron. Shut the fuck up. So then Ron goes to the second level of the barn. And does this like Lion King speech. Of like, you know, everything the light touches is yours. Everything, this whole farm, Brandon, this whole survival farm after the big one hits, it's yours. So is this something that you really want? Do you really want to give it all up for Julia? You still got 90 days. And Brandon's like, well, I actually have less than 90 days. And he's like, well, you can still change your mind. (laughs) The problem. 
with these people is that they are dead certain that they know what Brandon wants in his life. And he has not expressed that this life on the farm is not what he wants. What he wants is to be married to Julia. And what he wants is to do whatever Julia wants. And is it healthy? Probably not. But at the end of the day, you at least need to express to them that the life that they have created for you is not the one that you want, Brandon. So you need to tell them that. So that they can turn this farm into, you know, the swinger version of Dollywood out there in Dinwiddie, Virginia. Everybody take a break. Let's take a break until next week, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for speaking. Bye.